Welcome to Defining Rules, a podcast about jobs you may have never heard of. I'm your host, Kate Barrett. Let's explore the possibilities of what's out there so that we can find our perfect role. Hey friends, I don't know if it's just me and all this time I have been spending at home and the case of cabin fever that I have, but I have been entertaining the idea of travel and what it would be like to live and work from anywhere. And this week I have Jessica Safko on the podcast to talk about her experience living and working abroad. Now, Jessica has been living in Berlin for the last three years, and we talk about her journey to land in Berlin and how that took place, and also what she's been doing to support herself. So she was doing event photography before the pandemic hit, and now she's using her graphic design skills and creates templates and just beautiful, beautiful tools for other businesses to use. And um, we hear all about exactly what that entails. So even though travel may not be in our plans for the foreseeable future, we can at least entertain the idea and see what it would take and look like to try different things in the future. All right, let's jump into my interview with Jessica Safko. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm excited to hear about what you're up to. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited too. So would you share what are you up to these days? Where are you living? What are you working on? Right now I'm living in uh, Germany. Um, I always answer that question. People are always like, how did you get there? And I always say, I don't know, but I realize that's not a good answer for a podcast. (laughs) Well, I think part of what we'll do today is like unpack the journey and how does it, how did it work? Yeah, of course. Um, I guess it all started, um, I mean, we're both from Vegas. That's how we met. But, um, Mm -hmm. but uh, I went to, I went to college in LA. So right after college, I basically started my own graphic design business. Um, And I had a graphic design business and blog where I was working one-on-one with clients. And it was mostly entrepreneurs building their online brands. And uh, even though I don't do this anymore, it's kind of the foundation of what I do in my new business that I'm working on. Um, But from there, I guess I was kind of questioning where I was going and what I wanted my life to look like. I guess from the outside, uh, everything looked so perfect. I was in, um, I mean, I had my own business uh, and I was booked out with clients um, and I had uh, a relationship. I had a beautiful place in LA, but it just kind of didn't seem like it fit. Um, I was just contemplating like selling all of my stuff and leaving to go travel, which at the time seemed so crazy. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. Um, So being a risk taker, I just started selling things and kind of transitioning into that life. Um, I think once I sold my car, I realized that there was no going back. Yeah. (laughs) It was was a crazy time. I was like, I know I need a car in LA. So selling a car, not having a car 
um, was a big move. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up in Europe? So it's f- from what I've seen just kind of, you know, following you from social media and kind of staying connected that way. Did it start as travel and then transitioned into something a little more permanent? Yeah, so I I guess I didn't know how exactly travel would look like for me. Um, I don't know if you're aware of, have you heard of a program called Remote Year? A little bit, but would you share what that is? Yeah, so I didn't do um, Remote Year, but I did a program super similar to it. It actually doesn't exist anymore. Um, So it's where it's a group of entrepreneurs or remote workers, and it's a group of people that all travel together. So you uh, go to a different country each month and they take care of your housing. Um, You do community projects, which was really cool. That was something that really um, attracted me to the program. And they Mm. also help you to live this digital nomad lifestyle with co-working spaces and they give you language classes. So you travel usually all over Europe and sometimes into Asia. Um, And my program was for six months. So that's how I started traveling and I was introduced to the digital nomad lifestyle. So did they offer, I mean, it's amazing that they take care of a lot of the logistics, but did they also offer a little bit of like coaching on online businesses and how to grow your business if you already had the ideas or was it something you needed to be pretty set with your business when you started? Um, I'm not sure about remote year, but I know that my program, they didn't really offer so much training. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we would have workshops or something, but you needed to already be set into making an income. Um, Mm -hmm. so you could then like support the six months of living or a year. living. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that is such a cool idea and opportunity because I think a lot of people, if, if they don't study abroad in college or take that time kind of in that early 20s window, you kind of feel like you miss those opportunities to really explore and see the world. So that's such a cool program to then have young professionals have a similar, even, I mean, it's, it's up, it's a different level than kind of backpacking, doing it as cheap as possible if you are bringing in an income at the same time too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think another thing that held me back from traveling was how do I do it and will I meet Mm -hmm. people? So I think it was really important for me to have a core group of people to travel with. Like that was, that was super important. And then those people became like some of my closest friends. So that was really, it was like a, a really beautiful opportunity that came out of it. Yeah, that's a huge part. I know I studied abroad when I was in college. I was in France. And anytime that I would travel and, you know, go with a friend that I studied with, I could do the spontaneous things during the day, but I always had to know where I was going to sleep that night. Like I had to have a hotel booked. (laughs) Like that was my minimum of, there are certain people that were just like, hey, let's just go grab a ticket to this place and we'll figure it out when we get there. But I, that's kind of like my hard line of like, no, I need to know that I'm going to sleep in a safe location. Like I need to have that worked out. 
as well as like, you know, having a friend or two that I'm with. So it's also good to have like, know, know how you operate and how you like to travel. So you having the group and they handle the logistics is amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was definitely, I look back on that time and it was um, the best time, I guess, of my life. Like there's no other stage in my life where I could just pick up and leave and sell all my things. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could, but <laughs> That's a little not right now. As you go along. So how yeah. did you get from that program to then? Now, I think you said it was three years that you've been in Berlin. Yeah, three years. Yeah, it my story took a lot of twists and turns, I guess. Yeah. Um I I uh, was traveling a bit by myself. Um mm -hmm. and then I decided to come back to the states. And when I came back, um I guess I I just didn't really feel like I fit in again. Um uh I wanted to go back and travel a bit more. So my yeah. friends asked me to go back on a trip to Europe for a couple weeks. Um and I had no plans on moving to Berlin, but Berlin was one of the places that I went to on my trip uh, for one of the months we lived there. And I had a couple of friends there. So I went to Europe with a carry-on suitcase and um, no plan to move abroad again. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, and then I just, from meeting people in Berlin, I just saw that there was this really amazing visa. It's a freelance artist visa. Um, okay. and for me, I always knew about it, but I didn't know that it was so possible for me. I didn't know the logistics or if I could get it, if I needed like, um, a job here in Germany before I applied for it. Um, and so from there, I just was able to apply for the visa. I definitely overprepared and, uh, and then I got the visa on the spot. So I've been here wow. ever since. Yeah. Can you walk us through that visa and what the visa process as a whole looks like just to give people an idea of like the qualifications or what it takes? Because I think in my mind, that's the biggest hurdle of like, I don't know what it takes or I don't know what the possibilities are. Would you share a little bit about what that involves? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm not sure of what it is right now because mm -hmm. of COVID. Um, yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be a little different. <laughs> um, but at the time when I got it, which was three years ago, now going on four, um, it was a lot of paperwork. I had to show that I had um, a registration here. Uh, so an apartment registration, which I had to to get that, I had to have a long-term lease here, but it was mm -hmm. hard to get a long-term lease if I didn't know that I had a visa. So that that was the, I think, most difficult part uh, about this. Okay. Um, and then they just want to make sure that you're financially stable. So you have to show your bank statements um, and you have to have health insurance. So at the time, you, uh, it's just a basic, like, I'm not sure exactly. There's so many rules, but there's a couple health insurances that they accept. Um, okay. And of course, there's so much more paperwork. But when I went in, um, they just asked for my bank statements and my health insurance and my 
Um, I'm trying to think. And my registration for my for my flat here. Okay. Is the health insurance, so that would be through a German carrier? How did you figure out that system? Yeah, it was a bit complicated. I mean, I know there's tons of services where you can hire people to help you, but I just... Mm -hmm just through meeting people. And I guess I got lucky just um, having them go through the process and showing me like which insurance I needed and okay. um, what all the paperwork was because Germany does love paperwork. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet. France does too. And they love telling you, you need multiple copies of the same thing. And oops, nope, oh, you still wow. got it wrong. It's It's just kind of like you expect to not have it work the first few times. So yeah, well, I bet. Yeah, I hear a lot of, of that from France, too. Yeah, yeah. So did you start with the lifestyle you wanted? So when you were back, you know, working in LA, did you did you pick a career that would support a specific lifestyle and find opportunities that would support that? Or did you build your career first and kind of see that travel and this beautiful life could come from the career direction that you already knew you wanted to take? Yeah, I think at the time I was so young, so I wasn't super intentional about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think now if I were to build my career again, I probably would be more intentional. But travel was definitely important to me and freedom was important to me. Because right out of college, I worked at a corporate job and I saw how soul sucking it was. I mean, not for everyone, for me. Yeah. Um, I think it was just, it was not my cup of tea at all. And I realized that yeah. really quickly. So I just, um, I was living with a bunch of people at the time and I saw that they had this really cool freelance lifestyle. And I was like, wow, I want that. <laughs> yeah. How did you go about building your business? Because there's so many people that have a great idea, but then putting it into practice is a completely different skill. Um, Yeah, I think just over time, it just really like morphed into things. I kept changing. I mean, I had a graphic design business and a blog. I was working Mm -hmm. one-on-one with clients. And then I was teaching uh, courses online. So I kept yeah. shifting like to see what would work and what felt good. I think something that's so important to me is like doing work that feels good, like even the logistics yeah. of it. Like I didn't like working one-on-one with clients because um, I also feel like it drained my energy. I love teaching and I love creating things. So that just really, I think I found that that really worked for me. Being a freelancer and jumping from a consistent, like you said, you had that consistent corporate job and Mm -hmm. you craved a little more freedom, but I mean, the experience of jumping to the freelance world is very unsettling. Mm -hmm. What was your experience like? And then maybe some of the mindset or the lessons that you learned in that journey to just transition to that place where you make it happen. Mm, good question. I think when I when I was working in the corporate job, I was uh, maybe 23. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had a different mindset than I have now. I kind of just jumped into things. 
Um, but I made sure that I didn't quit until I had something coming through. Um, I think because I worked this corporate job, I was able to, I, I was working in the fashion industry and mm -hmm. I was able to meet people through this. Um, and they were asking for me to do side work for them for graphic design. Mm. So I think I had two clients from that job, just meeting people. And so it kind of built up my confidence. Um, it wasn't enough to live off of at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I just saved up my money and I just took a jump. And maybe I wouldn't do that right now. <laughs> yeah. But I was so wild back then. And I just really wanted uh, a life of freedom and a life where I loved doing the work that I do because my corporate job was, it was really, really awful at the time for me. Mm. Um, and so I think I just wanted anything else <laughs> yeah. uh, besides that. And so I think from there I had some freelance design clients and then I also, um, I also had a part-time job. So I was able to live off of. So I think like having that bridge of having a part-time job and still having income come in um, mm -hmm. while you build your thing, I think is, is really important. I think it gives you the confidence to build something and also doesn't put pressure on you to, yeah. to make sure that thing that you're building has to work. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's such a huge point and that's kind of glossed over in a lot of success stories is mm -hmm. you did you didn't just pack everything up move abroad travel and had this one thing that worked out it's the little it's like all the compound things that you did that went together you saved your money you had some other projects that you were working on until you could fully lean in this one direction but I I like to hear that so that it also reminds me that it doesn't have to work overnight and it shouldn't be expected to. Yeah, definitely. I also, have you ever read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? I think she talks about this a lot. I have it on my bookshelf. I, I, oh, haven't, yay. I didn't dive in yet, but I have it. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it so much because I think I read it early on and she also talks about like, you shouldn't strangle your art. I hope maybe I'm not quoting this right, but you shouldn't mm -hmm. strangle your art to give you something. Um, you should have something underneath so you can create your art with freedom. I think that's, it's really mm -hmm. important. And I'm not saying I always made the right decisions because I always jumped with two feet first and sometimes yeah. landed, didn't land. But I, I mean, I guess I always figured it out. So you just course correct do you learn some lessons in that and you move forward yeah I think it's all information like seeing what worked and what didn't work and then changing and evolving and growing very cool how have you grown your business being abroad are most of your customers and clients are they in the U.S. um so pre-COVID I was doing event photography um, and okay. that was all just here in Berlin. I, I didn't really travel outside of Berlin. So that wow. was that was local. But now my business that I sell online, I sell um, pre-made templates. That's yeah. through 
creative market and my my customers are from all over I think I mean I don't have the data on it I wish I did but yeah um, I think they're from the states and Europe and everywhere so so you create your your work is just beautiful but I love that it's it's simple like it's totally totally the aesthetic that I personally really appreciate like it's it's beautiful and clean and leaves the information to pop through it's not too distracting distracting but you create templates for you know marketing purposes whether it's e-courses or e-books or media kits that then people can plug and play with their product or course that they've created. So you do the graphic design and the presentation part so that that, because that's a complete different skill that a lot of people have a challenge of presenting their beautiful work in a professional way. So your work kind of puts the bow on what they create. Is that kind of an explanation of what you do. Yeah, thank you so much. That's so nice. <laughs> it's I mean, you have so many different templates. I was going through your page. Oh, thank and you. All of your work then lives on so Creative Market is kind of a website or a go-to that multiple creators use. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. And it's not only just for templates like I create. It's also for fonts and photos. It's awesome. basically anything creative, which is really okay. cool. Very cool. So you're yeah. able to just, they do a lot of the legwork for getting your work in front of your ideal customer then. Yeah, definitely. They do a lot of marketing, which is really nice. So they just bring me new people and mm-hmm. all I have to do is create. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Yay. Isn't that, yeah. that's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Um, which then takes the logistics out of being a bride. That just totally eliminates any of that. So, yeah, definitely, it's all digital. So it's just like a like a. I mean, it could be a passive income business, but I do work on it full time. So, yeah, very cool. And do they work within Canva? Is that how you use them, or would your future offering be more like a canva with all of your designs uh yeah all of my templates I guess most of my templates are available in canva and then Mm -hmm. some of them are available in uh, adobe indesign so it's like canva is more for the non-designers and then adobe Mm -hmm. is more for uh the designers that that know how to do photoshop and indesign and all of that yeah I'm definitely in the canva camp because (laughs) It makes me look like I have more skill than I do. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. I like how it makes it so easy for people. I think it's, I I mean, I love that part of my job that people can just use Canva and it looks so good and professional. It does. I think it just creates, we're in a place now that everything's gone digital or we have so many tools that it really is possible to do more like by yourself, which Mm, it's this tricky place of because you can do it all, you feel like you have to do everything perfectly. Uh So, I mean, that's kind of like what I'm feeling is like, I have to have a website and it has to look 
great and I have to have, you know, everything dialed in rather than like figuring out what you do need and what you don't need. And it's just, there's a lot of possible moving pieces and you have to get clear on what's actually important. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I even noticed that today, even with launching my new thing, I'm like, this has to be here and this and I need this. But like, if you break it all down, you don't really need that much. I think sometimes I, I mean, not me, I think we all overthink all of the moving parts that need to be in, in our thing. And what is your process when you help yourself go through what you need versus what you don't need? Ooh, I think talking it out with someone, which mm-hmm. is hard to do because I have so many ideas, but I think just bouncing those off of someone else um, mm. because I can be so stuck in it. And I'm like, but I need this and I need this really advanced um, email marketing tool. But when yeah. I like really think about it, I don't really need that. <laughs> um, and so I, when I say it to someone else, and they give me their advice or their perspective, I think it helps me um, challenge those ideas that I need everything, all the best, all the time. <laughs> mm, that's super helpful. That's That makes me miss having like coworker space or, you know, being able to be around people yeah, definitely. more regularly. I think that's what well, we do bounce ideas off of each other. It makes me miss those moments, but they will come back. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, <laughs> that is true. How has the language aspect been? How did that, like, did you know any German or any languages when you were traveling? And how was that factored into living and working abroad? Yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, I grew up learning Spanish. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I knew I didn't know any German um, coming here. And when I was with my traveling group, we took language classes. But it was just one month in the country. We were learning Arabic. And wow. um, actually, we did take a little bit of German. Uh, but yeah, before moving here, I didn't know any German. And um, right now, I mean, sorry, pre-COVID when I was working in photography, um, I all of my events were in English and some of them were in German, um, but I didn't necessarily need to speak German to work at those events because okay. ev- everyone does speak English here, but of course I'm learning um, yeah. and learning German is definitely a work in progress for me right now. <laughs> Wow. But that's cool to hear. Even after three years, you don't have to master it. You can, you can make it work without, but you know enough to be, to soak up the culture and, you know, to be respectful along the way. Like you you figure it out. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I would, yeah, I would like to, I mean, I'd like to know more. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. and keep learning. I was in um, intensive courses uh, for the past three months, and I just had to stop them because we went into a second lockdown. But I oh, am yeah. really motivated right now, I think, just with the extra time that I have on my hands to learn more German. Awesome. Yeah. When you were doing the photography, how did you get connected with those 
events, especially those English speaking events that came through? Yeah. So um, when I first got here, I met someone on Instagram who showed me this amazing co-working space mm-hmm. and I started working there and it's not just a co-working space. It's like this amazing like business membership um, and they have a lot of events and workshops all the time. And so she kind of introduced me to this, uh, to this whole space and this whole world. And from there I was shooting a couple events, maybe, I think I started out doing like maybe one event per month and then I became their regular photographer And then through them, I got to meet more clients. um, And that was really cool. I was really lucky to just find this whole world of startups and entrepreneurs and kind of uh, make that my little business here. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. What have been a few of the biggest lessons you've learned living abroad? Oh, okay. Let me think. <laughs> I think that um, that it is possible. I think before, and even when I go home, people tell me like, wow, I can't believe you you live abroad or you're traveling so much or all of these things. And to me, I guess it's just part of everyday life, but it's, uh, I guess it's not so hard um, if you're living it. I think it mm. seems like an overwhelming concept. I'm sure you realize that from from studying abroad. Like it's just a, yeah. a normal life that we have here. <laughs> it's funny because it definitely is like it feels like an alternate world. Like when I'm sure when you come home to visit, it seems kind of like a parallel universe because the cultures are so different. But then both seem very normal. Like when you bounce mm-hmm. between them. And I think when I was studying abroad and then when I went back to teach English and live abroad for a year, it just showed me that, yes, the world is a big place, but it's so much smaller and more accessible than we realize. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That kind of just plays into, yeah, there's differences, but you figure it out and then it becomes a new normal. Yeah. What has been the biggest challenge of this experience and living and working abroad? I guess being away from my friends and family sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, especially now, I think because of COVID, like not being able to have friends visit or go home yeah. and see family. I mean, just the idea of thinking that I may not be able to see like my family and my sister for a while. Um, Yeah. I guess that's, yeah, that's pretty hard as of now, but before like pre COVID, I didn't feel so far away from them. Yeah. Cause it was an option to jump on a plane and, you know, cross the world. Yeah. (laughs) Just knowing that you can do it takes away the need to do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could probably go like maybe a year without seeing them, but now I know that I have to. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What would be some of your advice for people that may be interested in moving or working abroad? Um, I think just do it because you won't know if you like it until you get here. And also, um, I think finding a city that really connects with you and inspires you 
I think that took me a while because I wasn't sure where I wanted to go when I was traveling, but I, I knew I needed a home base. So kind of finding a city that fit all of my needs was really important. And I always felt inspired here in Berlin. And I guess I felt kind of called to come here and build a life here. Amazing. Yeah. And how do you meet most of your friends? Did I mean, did it kind of, you met through that initial um, program that you were in? Is it the, that same friend group that kind of grew or is there another way that you've just met people? Yeah. So when I first moved here, I had friends that lived here. So that was a really easy start. And I met some people um, through them. And surprisingly, mm -hmm. Instagram has been a place where I've met people when I first was here. I guess just posting and sharing that I'm here and other people who are here. For some cool. strange reason, I kept meeting people on Instagram in real life. <laughs> wow, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and also, um, I guess through the co-working space is where most of my friends currently were from. What is sparking your curiosity right now? Are there any books or podcasts or thought leaders that you'd like to share? Um, yes, definitely. I love podcasts. I listen to Yay! them all day long. <laughs> um, I think right now is a really good distraction. I like comedy podcasts. So I really like um, Whitney Cummings podcast. Yeah. And Sarah Silverman just came out with a new podcast, which is like a really, really good distraction. And it makes me laugh. Good. Um, yeah, it's really good. And another a podcast that's amazing and it's definitely a different format of podcast is um do you know morgan harper nichols i don't she's like this amazing artist and poet she makes these really cool things on instagram but she has a podcast where she has like three to four minute poems i think it might be every wow. single day and they're so beautiful like they're mm. they're amazing sometimes i cry when i listen to them oh good yeah. I haven't heard I of that. that format before. So I love that idea of just something quick, but just very thoughtful. Yeah, it's really amazing. I I really, really like, I like everything that she creates. And so it's cool to just listen to like a, a three to four minute podcast in the break of mm. the news and everything else that's going on. Yeah. Finally. What is the best piece of career advice that you have either received or would offer to others? Uh, I think that the best career advice um, that I have received was that failures are opportunities for growth. And not even just that, but I, I kind of don't even believe that failure is a real thing because I think when you fail, it's just information Um so I just constantly trust the through line of my life that even when terrible things happen or I fail, I know that I'm always supported. Um, mm. And I think that those failures, if we should call them that, and the times of uh, most despair, I guess, in my business or personal failures, I think that I've learned the most in those times. And it always propels me into something new. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today and inspiring and in expanding everyone on the possibility of living and working abroad.
there's so many people that would that dream of living abroad or traveling but think it's not possible and so I think episode on take that leap and it is possible will really help a lot of people just at least entertain the idea of like oh this is what it would actually take to do it oh thank you so much for having me it was so fun I I hope so because I think if I can do it anyone can do it Big thank you to Jessica for sharing about your experience living and working abroad and the reminder that when we break it down, things are often a lot simpler than we imagine in our mind. And I hope this sparked your curiosity and allowed you to entertain the idea of what things would be like and if it would even be possible for you in your life to you know, go on a little adventure. If you haven't already, I would very much appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast over on iTunes and check us out on Instagram at Defining Roles for a little behind the scenes and just the community that's growing over there. All right, guys, I will catch you next time on another episode of Defining Roles.